welcome to another episode of Land Grant Holy Land Stick to Sports Podcast. <laughs> My name is Matt Tamanini, as always. I am joined by the one and only Tia Johnston. Tia. <laughs> I mean, hi. Hi. Yeah. So we're recording this like 14 hours after the end of the national championship game. Still feeling obviously ecstatic about the way things went <laughs> against Alabama in what was just an utter clown show of a game. Um, and basically everything that could have gone wrong, Tia went wrong. Um, not only was Ohio State without two of its starting defensive linemen, but on like the first play of the game, the yeah. record-setting running back Trey Sermon probably dislocates his shoulder or probably maybe broke his collarbone, I think is probably more likely what it was. He had to, he couldn't like, it wasn't like, oh, he's out for the game. No, he went to the locker room and they took him to a Miami area hospital. What an absolute <laughs> fiasco that was. Ohio State was dealing with COVID, was dealing with injuries, and was dealing with the fact that they did not have enough athletes on defense to keep up with an absolutely unstoppable Alabama offense. So we are going to get into a little bit of that game, um, but then we are going to quickly move on. But on Stick to Sports, we talk to things around the periphery of Ohio State Athletics, and right now my feelings are very much on the periphery of Ohio State Athletics. <laughs> uh, and we also talk about the things that keeps us distracted and entertained in between the games, which for now is going to be like nine months uh, or eight months uh, in between games, Tia. So, first off, <sighs> this game, we all knew coming in, was going to be an uphill battle for Ohio State. Yeah. And, and yet, it wasn't uphill. It was up Mount Everest. And <laughs> I think Ohio State, there was a path that Ohio State could have won that game. But it would have needed to have their entire complement of starters healthy. Trey Sermon would have needed not to break his collarbone or whatever happened. And both the offensive and defensive play calling would have needed to be completely different. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was just not going to happen. And I spent a decent amount of time on Twitter last night reading the people showing up in our mentions talking about how Kerry Combs needs to be fired. I as I said multiple times on Twitter last night, I'm an idiot. I like, I don't know what needs to happen from a, you know, a specific X's and O's standpoint, but people were talking about how he's a terrible coach. He's been pretty successful at Ohio state. So I will defer to the people who know what they're talking about for the diagnosis of schemes and all of those things. But yeah, it just felt like Ohio state was running into a buzzsaw. And I don't know if even on their best day that they could have won that game. I don't think so. And I haven't been watching Alabama closely. Like, I knew they were good. I knew that Devontae Smith was amazing. I mean, he is incredible. Like, I don't even know if Okuda would have had that much success on him. Like, and it'd have been, it, it'd have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it got to the point where I just was like, honestly, all my hope was lost when Trey Sermon left. Like, I, I thought it was going to be one play into the game. <laughs> one play. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, okay. We finally have this incredible run game. We have Justin Fields, like, and he's not even that healthy, but, like, at least we have Trey Sermon to carry half of the load. And as soon as he was out, I was like, oh, no. So then it got to the point later when all hope was lost that I just was like, let's see if this Smith guy can just break a national championship record. Like, I'm rooting for you, buddy. <laughs> just well, to make myself feel better. <laughs> 
he did break a bunch of records, and yet he got hurt in the third quarter yeah. and didn't play the rest of the game. <laughs> it's it's just, uh, unbelievable. I, was, I know. I was like, just call this game. So many people are getting hurt. Wyatt Davis, like, that was the last straw. I mean, I was yeah. like, that's we're done. We're done. Well, and can we talk about the fact that Jalen Waddle played on this game, uh, presumably with only one functioning ankle, and he was just hobbling around yeah. the entire game, picking yes. up tons of yards, don't get me wrong. Yet, like, in what world should an adult have allowed him to do that? And I know he's a legal adult, all this stuff, whatever. But, like, at some point, the trainers or the coaches need to say, look, you're about to make a poop ton of money. Maybe come sit on the sidelines so you don't completely destroy your ankle for good. And they said that they're, you know, he wasn't risking future damage, but that just did not look no, like that was he a was same thing. And it, yeah. And, and, you know, I think you could have made the same argument about Justin Fields in the, the Sugar Bowl. But the difference there is, is like <laughs> Justin Fields being in the game mattered to the game. Jalen Waddle being in that game meant absolutely nothing because no. they were going to win without him, regardless of whether or not he was there. Um, I do think that this brings up some interesting questions to you. Like, um, obviously, Justin Fields is not coming back, although I think, honestly, he could do an, with another year of college uh, to refine his skills. But what are guys like Sean Wade going to do? He would have been oh. a first-round pick if he'd left last year. Um, he obviously did not have a successful transition from the slot slash nickel corner to an outside corner. I almost feel like he needs to come back inside uh, for another year at Ohio State, play corner there or play corner in the slot and then just go to the NFL as a nickel corner. He probably, you know, might not be an, a, a first round draft pick, but that's the case. But like after the last few games, like I can't imagine him getting picked in the first two, three rounds. That's no. a lot of money to gave up it's it's almost even hard to judge his abilities because was it just me or was he not even trying like he i swear he was like jogging after Devonte smith and I, well, I feel like people on twitter were saying the same thing like what did he just like slow down i think i think a lot of that had to do with and i'm never someone who's going to question anybody's effort unless it is super obvious and like I have reason to suspect that they don't give a shit I think that I honestly I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were confused and out coached and I, he, I don't think that he necessarily knew what he was supposed to do there was one play when he definitely seemed to not be going 100% but it was on a similar play to one where he had gotten burnt in the uh, earlier in the oh, game yeah that's true so it, so it almost looked like he was trying to to diagnose what he was supposed to do. I don't know if it was Najee Harris or Devontae Smith, like coming out of the backfield. It was a similar play to the touchdown where uh, Smith like ran into the backfield and then like double backed and like pranced yeah. into the zone because it was open. So it was a similar play to that later in the game when it looked like Sean Wade wasn't running, but it was almost like he just got confused as to whether or not he needed to cover him. So it just looked like Ohio State from a defensive perspective did not have the dudes to keep up with them. And I have been writing about it and talking about it all season. Like, I don't understand the reliance on um, tough Borland and focusing on linebackers. Like, I get that he's really good against the run. But why we had four linebackers out there when they were throwing all over the place, I don't yeah. understand. Again, I'm an idiot and don't understand football like <laughs> at that level. 
But like, it just seems like a bad idea. Now, Tia, I assume you watched that game with somebody who knows football far better than I ever will. How did your husband deal with that game? So I'm not either. Like, I'm not an X's and O's guy. Like, I can't make sense of any of these types of things. But he compared Urban's defense in that, like, yesterday's defense should have taken a more Urban Meyer approach, where it's, like, more in-your-face coverage, as opposed to whatever the hell was going on last night where our guys were, like, a billion feet off of these guys. Like... (laughs) Alabama is running all over us. We need to be more in their face. And that never, ever happened. So that was kind of really the only analysis he had other than just like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) Right. And and that's kind of what I meant by they don't have the dudes. Like uh, playing up on the line and and getting physical with the wide receivers, especially like that, that's how you normally play that type of talented team. You, You hit them, you knock them off their routes, you don't let them get in space. That's where I think the problem is that for two years, notably when Kerry Combs was not on the Ohio State staff, Ohio State really struggled to recruit talented DBs. So you just don't have the ability to do that. I feel like because Ohio State's defensive backs um, are so suspect right now that if they would have done that, it might have been worse. And I, I understand why people were calling for that. I'm just not sure that they have the horses to do that. they can do it. Yeah, because you made like, a good point in Slack where you said we have good DBs coming in exactly. these next few classes. And are those are those Combs recruits? Um, they'll be half Lee and Combs recruits, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see, you know, because yeah, the, these aren't his guys. And right. he's recruiting based off of how he coaches, I would imagine. So there's like a... Like, and he's just a really good recruiter. Like for whatever you want to yeah. say about him as a, as a coordinator, he knows how to recruit DBs and he knows how to develop DBs based off of like the 90 bazillion starters <laughs> yeah, in the in NFL. NFL who went to Ohio <laughs> State. So like I get ripping on him, like the, you know, talking about, I tweeted it earlier in the season about like the the Peter principle where you have so much success at lower levels that you eventually get moved up to a level that you are not able to perform at. I don't know if that's the case. This was his first year as a defensive coordinator. Um, and granted, he's, you know, as as Chris Fowler called him, the silver haired senior citizen. <laughs> but like this is still new to him, like calling plays. And he was working with a substandard, a sub uh, optimal um, uh, defensive personnel uh, yeah. at least in terms of what Ohio State is used to. So, like, I, I don't know how much blame to give him. I don't know how much slack to give him. I mean, hopefully we'll see next year that things have turned around with some better players. I so. do. Th- I feel like in this, I feel like he would have to swallow his pride. But I think Sean Wade would, he would just benefit tremendously by coming back next year. He has nothing to lose. He can't, There, like, I feel like that was the worst we could see out of him. Because we know for a yeah. fact that he is incredibly talented. So if he comes back next year after a whole actual, fingers crossed, like regular off season, mm-hmm. I think he would benefit. Because, yeah, like you said, he is not going anywhere above the third round. <laughs> The 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 converse of that argument is is like just go get paid like start your NFL career this now is true. because because you go in you get on that rookie deal the lower you are in the draft the the fewer um, uh, years uh, that you necessarily have to have on your contract so you go through you play your rookie deal make whatever minimums that you make and then hopefully you play your way into a better second contract of course 
you know, they always say that you can't you, you're never going to make up for the money you lose on your first contract. So where you go in the draft makes a big deal for your first contract. And then you kind of build from there. So it's something that he's going to have to sit down with his parents and, and uh, the coaches and he, you're allowed to talk to agents. You just can't sign with them, yeah. you know, talk about what they think. So um, I hope he like does what's best year. for him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hope that he does what's best for him because he's one of the, uh, you know, the best players on that defense. And he just didn't have the opportunity to show it this year. And that sucks for him. And that sucked for Ohio state. And it sucked for fans. And I would really hate for him to leave though, with this bad taste in his mouth from Ohio state fans, because he deserves to be remembered as, as a truly talented player. And I hope whatever happens um, that people remember him like that. But Tia, I'm done talking about the national championship game. I want to move on. Are you good with that? I am more than good with that. (laughs) Okay, so we are going to do something a little different today because we feel so bad about how things went last night. We are going to talk about just some of our favorite things, big, small, silly, whatever, that make us feel better. And I'm going to start, Tia, because I had been waiting to talk about this thing as my recommendation And then last night happened, and I was like, screw it. I'm leading with this one. (laughs) So, over the weekend, I binge-watched the first season of a TV show that is airing on Apple TV+, Plus, which I got mainly for this show. Um, It's $5 a month. Um, It's super worth it uh, in terms of just watching this show, because you can watch it in, like, a day, and then you can cancel your subscription if you want. I don't do that. I just hoard subscriptions. But this is the TV show that I feel like if you haven't watched it, you've heard about it, especially if you're a sports fan. And this is Ted Lasso. Have you watched this or heard of this yet, Tia? I saw your tweet. Okay, is it? Oh, my God. It's like football, like a football coach, right? Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. So here's the thing. Jason Sudeikis, um, Saturday Night Live guy, movie guy, whatever, he started this character years ago when the EPL, the English Premier League, um, was uh, was going to be broadcast on NBC. He played Ted Lasso, an American football coach who had gotten signed to coach um, at that point in these little short films, uh, the Tottenham Hotspurs, which is an EPL team. In those videos, he was an absolute buffoon. He was an idiot. He knew absolutely nothing. He was a fool. And that what was fun. That's what was funny about it. He did a few beer commercials as the character too. In this, however, this series, they take a very different perspective on who Ted Lasso is. Ted Lasso is a national champion football coach at like I don't know. I can't remember if it's one double A or like FCS or Division two at Wichita State. And for reasons that become clear in the season, he is hired to uh, to coach a, a fictional. EPL team, uh, AFC Richmond. And he goes over to London and instead of being a buffoon, he doesn't know anything about soccer, but he's a genuinely good guy who cares about everybody. He's funny. He's warm. He's sweet. He's genuine. And the way he approaches coaching and just his life begins to infect the rest of the people around him, his players, his his those friends, his boss, the rest of the club. Um, and it's just such a sweet, pure show. There's sports stuff in there. 
Um, it's it's funny. It's not like a laugh out loud um, one joke every minute kind of sitcom. It's more of just a really sweet, nourishing um, thing where you just feel good watching it. And as I tweeted about it, like I am known as a sentimental crier. It runs in the <laughs> maternal side of my family. So I cried every episode. Um, it's absolutely a lovely show. It's funny if you like sit there and watch it like the, he just some of the sayings that he has are great um uh, and and what's so interesting about it is that like they have these phenomenal relationships between these characters starts kind of with him and his assistant coach coach beard um, who is played by the guy who he co-created this with there's this really cool relationship with them and then we meet the owner of the team who hired him she actually hired him in a very like from the movie major league. Like she got this from her husband in a divorce and he will like the only thing that he ever cared about was this team and she wants to destroy it, which is why she hires this guy who knows nothing about soccer. Um, but they develop this really cool relationship. Um, and then with the players and the player's girlfriend and one of them and the, you know, it's just a super sweet show and it just makes me feel good. Um, they've renewed it for a season two. I'll probably go back and watch it again. It's 10 episodes. They're all around 30 ish minutes, but it's absolutely lovely and it's funny and surprising and it gets better as it goes. The first two episodes, like kind of set everything up, but then as you get to know the characters, it just gets better and better as you go. So I highly, highly recommend Ted Lasso on AB, no, on Apple TV Plus. So knowing what you know about like what me and Cam look for in a show, like, is this something that we could watch together? Because it's something that sounds like, it sounds like I could definitely sit there and love it. Yes. Like, is there enough like sports happening? In the, I guess. I mean. The sports happenings definitely is important. A lot of it happens in the locker room as well. So okay. there's a lot about like the interpersonal stuff amongst a team that he might identify with. Um, I mean, it's not something that I would watch with kids. So there is a, a little bit of PG 13 plus humor in there. If that helps, there's no, yeah, you know, like killing or violence. Um, I know he likes the action stuff, but um, it's, uh, it's definitely a show for, uh, sports fans, but you don't have to be a sports fan. I think if you kind of like both American football and soccer football, uh, I think you'll get a lot more out of it. But it's uh, yeah, it, it's something that and what's great about it. It's short, like it's 10 episodes and 30 ish minutes. Uh, and it's something you can knock out pretty quickly. OK, cool, because so we've like I've said, we've been watching How to Get Away with Murder. Like that's our show. So I needed another show. We'll give that a try. Because we're almost yeah. done with How to Get Away with Murder, if that tells you anything Are about you? how much we watch it. Like, there are, I think, seven seasons, and I think we started, like, two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and we've, I've talked about this before on the on the podcast, but, I mean, our theme is things that make me, that make us feel good and that we've been enjoying. And, oh my god, thank you for recommending this show, because we're obsessed with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad that it's almost over. It's perfect for cam and i like i said he likes the action stuff i don't it's not too gory but it has just enough like suspense and action and it just keeps getting more and so more wild yes so many twists oh and turns. my god like you can't even keep up like i i recommended one of our writers one of our staff members connor tweeted like i need a 
I need a show with a cliffhanger on every episode. And I was like, oh, yep. <laughs> start how to get away Got with it. murder right now. And so he did. And he's just been like DMing me on Twitter, like, oh my God, oh my God. And then he like Googled an actress and he was like, wait, she's only here for one season. And I'm like, Connor, oh, you're not allowed to Google anything Google. to do with the show. He Googled Rebecca, didn't he? Yes. He Googled Rebecca. <laughs> oh, man. I think he like loved her. And I was like, well. <laughs> yeah, she was great. She was great. She was yeah. great. So, wait, but... so where are you in the run? Um, okay, well, f- we just finished the episode where, well, have you seen Scandal? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so they brought in, like, Olivia Pope for the one episode. Got it. And they, like, did the thing where she's writing on the chalkboard, and it's just, like, her back. And and then she yeah. turns around, and they announce Olivia Pope. And I, like, lost my marbles. And Cam was like, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? I'm like, they're intersecting the shows! Like, Shonda Rhimes! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. we're, like, right around there where she just, like, won the, the Supreme Court case. And... Gotcha someone's dead and we don't know who it is. (laughs) There's a lot of someone's dead. We don't know who it is for the rest of the episodes. So, uh, so you've, you've met Nate senior then. Yeah. Yeah. So she just won his case. Yeah. Yeah. It gets crazier for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, so it's like the start of the season where they show like what the end of the season looks like, you know how they do. So someone is lying in the grass, dead and bleeding and that's the new storyline. So, like I said, it's like, it's a cliffhanger every show. So imagine, like, you're watching, like, a short series, and you can't go to bed until you finish the series to find out what happens. Well, this is, like, seven seasons, so it's like, we can't stop watching it. But, again, thank you for recommending the show, because I don't know how we'd be getting through COVID without it. <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed it. So, um, so is that your thing? Do you want me to go with another one or do you, did you want to go into something else? That is not my recommendation, but you can name no. your next thing. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so I've got a little um, collection of music things here that I want to do next. Okay. Um, I just want to talk about a couple um, albums and um, yeah, let's just do these albums. I'm going to do them real quickly. So because I am who I am, the things that I like to listen to are like show tunes and classic rock. And classic rock has a wide range of what that means, obviously. Um, But I... I want to recommend or not recommend uh, the things that make me feel good are Billy Joel's greatest hits volume one and two. There are so many good songs on there. I tend to stick more to volume one, although there's some good stuff on volume two. Uh, My favorite, one of my favorite songs of all time is scenes from an Italian restaurant, um, which is in there, which is uh, fantastic. But then of course you've got uh, piano man moving out only the good die young she's always a woman my life big shot you may be right it's still rock and roll to me uh, pressure allentown uptown girl longest time captain jack the entertainer say goodbye to hollywood there's so many great uh, songs on there 
So I recommend um, Billy Joel's Greatest Hits Volume 2. I'm going to talk about another Greatest Hits album that nobody would ever be able to guess. This is the Greatest Hits of Chris Gaines. It's actually called The Life of Chris Gaines. Do you know who Chris Gaines is, Tia? I I don't think so. I'm just going straight to like Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper. No, Chip, no, Chip, <laughs> Chip, not Chip's brother. Okay. Um, <laughs> the reason you don't know who Chris Gaines is is because he doesn't exist. Oh. Chris Gaines is a fictional persona that in the summer and fall of 1999 – Garth Brooks decided to release an album under a different name with this whole made up backstory that was really weird. And there's all these different styles in there. Um, He got completely made fun of. It was supposed to be like they were going to do a movie like Garth Brooks hosted Saturday Night Live and Chris Gaines was the musical guest. Um, (laughs) All of this stuff. It was weird. But I love that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. The album's actually really good. Like, I really like the album. The songs like That's the Way I Remember It, Lost in You, um, Drifting Away. It's a really, I, I really like the album. Like, um, he's singing them? Yeah, yeah. But they're like, they're not country songs. Like, he wanted to do oh, it like it was it was a greatest hits album of this guy who's had a, a career across the decades. So the songs have different, like, they feel like different genres from different eras. Um, Lost in You was the single. Uh, it got up to number five on, on the Billboard charts. Like it was, it was good. Like I remember it. I um, mean, it kind of sounds like they were comparing it to Babyface at the time. It's like if you can imagine Garth Brooks singing that. I really like this album. So um, it, I think they've changed the name now to Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines. But at the <laughs> time, it was called Chris Gaines' Greatest Hits. So check that oh one out. Gosh. And then I have two musical theater albums that I want to mention. And I didn't realize this until I, I I decided to put them on my list. They have something in common. They have to do with high school girls killing people. Um, the first one is a musical that ran off Broadway a couple of years ago in 19 or in 2019 called We Are the Tigers. It's about a cheerleader sleepover in which a number of the uh, members of the squad gets killed or are murdered. Um, and then like, it's a whodunit and whatever you figure it out as it goes along. The, the music is fantastic. I, I love this album. I go to it a lot. The other one is Heather's the musical, which, um, ran off Broadway and in London and around the world and is very, very popular. Um, it's based off of the 1980s movie Heather's another great, uh, a great album to listen to. It's really fun. Both are really fun, really catchy. Um, so Billy Joel, Garth Brooks is Chris Gaines. We are the Tigers and Heathers. Those are my album things that make me feel good when I think about Ohio State getting absolutely <laughs> destroyed in the national championship game. Well, that brings me to my next thing that makes me feel good because I just listened to the album and it is um, cover songs from the very popular show Bridgerton. So good, first of all, but like I feel like it's just been, it's kind of like the Queen's Gambit. Like everybody knows that it's good. Have you watched any of it yet i have not watched any of it but that's another shonda rhimes show right yes yeah 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 yep um but so i i'm not done with it so just like if anybody is going to comment on this via twitter or whatever please don't like ruin it for me um but the playlist is amazing because it has songs like thank you next from ariana grande and like 
I think, bad guy from um, Billie Eilish. But it's in a classical, like, 1700s or whenever this show, like, takes place. It's so good. Because I kind of like classical music, like, in the background when I'm writing or something like that. Only this is, like, modern music. And it's amazing. So highly recommend both the show and the playlist which is on Spotify. I love that. I've heard about that. I heard that's uh, that's something really interesting. Okay, I'm going to go back to the sports well and I'm going to talk about two sports related things that are completely different, but the first one is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It it was actually the Aaron Sorkin show before The West Wing. Um, it only ran for two seasons on ABC and it was only a half an hour show. I I don't want to say it was a sitcom. Uh, but it was called Sports Night. It basically was a semi-fictional account of Dan Patrick and Keith Oberman hosting Sports Center, um, and they replaced like that was the emphasis uh, or like the start of the of the idea. It starred Josh Charles, who was from uh, Dead Poet Society, went on to be on um, uh, The Good Wife, and then Peter Krause and Felicity Huffman, obviously who I think is out of jail now. Joshua Molina <laughs> was on it, who was on Scandal, who played. Uh, uh, Will Bailey on uh, on Scandal and Robert Guillaume, of course, the late great Robert Guillaume um, and a bunch of other guest stars as well. But it's basically like this this network, this this I can't remember if it was a spe- specifically sports network or if it was a news network that did a sports show. I think it was a sp- all sports network. Um, it was just about how they put on Sports Center and all the weirdness. And if you like the Aaron Sorkin kind of like dialogue from like the West wing and a few good men and the social network and Moneyball and all of those kind of things that he, that he writes. Like it's really, really good and it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's smart. Um, so highly, I love that. I've got the entire series on DVD. Um, it only lasted two seasons. They couldn't really figure out what to do with it. Like they had a laugh track behind it at some times, but that didn't feel right. Like it was very much a dramedy. But uh, Sports Night, very, very good. The other one, I'm really showing my age with some of these. Um, this one came out the summer before my senior year of high school, and it is a movie called Basketball. Have you ever heard of this movie, Tia? I have not. <laughs> okay. So it's a movie that envisions a future, in the not-too-distant future, where sports have become so commercialized and and money drives everything um, and people are only care about themselves that this new sport is created that combines baseball and basketball. And we see what happens from there. It was created by and stars Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who are the creators of South Park. That pretty much tells you everything you need to know. Um, it co-stars Yasmeen Bleeth and Jenny McCarthy, if that tells you anything else you need to know. Um, but it's it's just so dumb and so funny. And I was I was like 17 when it came out. So, of course, I loved the humor in it. But I the reason I wanted to mention it is because I keep going back to the fact that the announcers for these basketball games were Bob Costas and Al Michaels, and they get them to say some really dirty things <laughs> in this movie. And it's crazy to me. Um, I have a clip that I'll send you that I honestly think about, but I realize I'm not allowed to say in public because it's not appropriate. <laughs> um, but it's something that Bob Costas says in the movie. So I'll send you that clip, Tia, uh, and we can put that in there. Nothing I've ever been this excited. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. Whenever somebody says the word excited, 
this is what my brain goes to, but I realize I can't at least <laughs> say it in mixed company. And this seems okay. like something Cam would really enjoy. Yeah, it's so dumb. <laughs> right it's up his so, alley. So yeah, it's really, really dumb. All right, do you have, how many more things do you have? Do you have anything else left? One that I'd, okay, two that aren't related, but I'll just name them back to back, okay. which is because the one I don't have that much to say about, but Sex in the City reboot is coming. And we don't know yeah. much about it, but Sarah Jessica Parker posted a very vague video. I'm super pumped. Um, the yeah, second everybody's one. Everybody's back. Everybodyody's back except for Kim Cattrall. Kim yeah, Cattrall won't be Except for Samantha. Like, I don't even know. Like, how can this show be good without her? I don't know. I, I've never seen Sex in the City, so I don't know. <laughs> well, she's like an integral part. But, um, okay, the one thing, this is so sad. And we've talked about it, like, we had a whole show dedicated to it. But, like, the one thing that has gotten me through quarantine, like, single-handedly is TikTok. Like, I'm so, I think I'm more obsessed than when we talked about it last. Wow. And it's because, like, I my feed is finally perfect to, like, all of my interests. And right now, like, the most things that have been popping up are, like, hacks because I favorite, like, I save them and I favorite yeah. them all the time. Like, for those of you who still have yet to download TikTok, it's legitimately, like, educational. Like, they have cooking hacks and shopping hacks. Like, there's this Amazon hack where if you go to this thing and you click on, like, Amazon outlets or something, you only get shown, like, the cheapest versions of everything because it comes from, like, Amazon has, like, an outlet mall. And there's, like, this hack where Amazon sells a button that you can put on your jeans so that, like, there's an extra button in case they're too big or too small. Like, <laughs> these are all these things where my mind is just blown. And I'm like, how have I gone through life not knowing any of these things? I can't remember all of them right off the top of my head, but That's I'll, like... That's why you see them. Yeah. And there's so many. Like, every time I go on TikTok, there's, like, new things that people are doing. And they're just making life easier for everybody. I'm happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're still at the stage of your life where you care about making yourself better. <laughs> I don't care. All right. I have I have two real quick things left. Um, the first one is one of my favorite TV episodes of all time. I did not watch all of this when it aired. I started it and then kind of because it was a time when I was in high school and it uh, and then into college. No, it's, no, it started in uh, yeah, in high school and then went into college. So I didn't follow it all the way through. This is an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I have had a long history of loving Sarah Michelle Gellar. She is in my foundational five, if you know what that means. Um, but this episode is once more with feeling. It was the seventh episode of the sixth season. Uh, and it is the musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No one on this show could sing, but it was <laughs> One, nonetheless, they actually brought in a three-time Tony winner um, to play the villain in this episode. So that obviously helps. Henton Battle played the 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 demon sweet. Um, so, but it's so good. Um, I love the episode. I've actually seen a concert of it in New York with like Broadway people who can actually sing doing these songs. Um, I'll play, I'll send you a clip of one of my favorite songs. I'm actually going to send it to you 
and slack right now together because it's just like it's a show that like they know they can't sing. So this is after they they all realize that everybody is singing, but they can't figure out why everybody is singing. Because I for one, I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory, some kid is dreaming, and we're all stuck inside his wacky Broadway nightmare. I've got a theory, we should work this out. It's getting eerie. What's this cheery singing all about? It could be witches, some evil witches, which is ridiculous because witches, they were persecuted, wicked, good, and love the earth and women power, and I'll be over here. I've got a theory. It could be Barney's. I've got a Of course, oh it's just gosh. so dumb and it's funny. Um, and actually, uh, Anthony Michael Head, who plays Giles in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, the older guy who kind of started that song out, he plays the ex-husband of the team owner on Ted Lasso. He is a oh. uh, absolute asshole on Ted Lasso. So that's uh, um, uh, what's more with feeling from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And the last one is a song. Um, from a song cycle, as it's called, um, it's called Edges. It was written by um, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, who went on to write Dear Evan Hansen and The Greatest Showman um, and a bunch of other <laughs> musical things. But I love this song. It's called In Short, um, and it's performed in this video I'm going to send you. This is the first person to ever do it professionally. Uh, her name is Whitney Basher. And basically, it's this woman who is talking to her X after they have broken up. Okay. Let's just say it takes a turn. My love affair with you is over. It's through. We loved and then we lost. And while it came in quite a cost, we both had the chance to grow. I've collected my thoughts. comment that pops up is on youtube is this is legitimately the best song known to man <laughs> it's so good and i love whitney basher so um i recommend that because that's kind of how i've been feeling ever since the end of that football game uh yeah. last week i just want to punch people very in the face. fitting <laughs> so that's one of the things that makes me feel good a very weird collection i didn't realize my collection would be so weird but nonetheless this is who i am you need to send me all of the links so that I can put them in the article so that you can actually physically see the variety that we have yeah. displayed on the show. <laughs> I 
I will send those to you here in just a minute. All right, everybody, that is all that we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Linger and Holy Lane. Stick to sports podcast, or as we're calling it for this week, group therapy. Uh, because we all need it. Um, if you're finding this episode on our website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. And if you enjoy our particular brand of weirdness, head over to Apple iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star rating and tell us how much you love us. If you say anything else, Tia will hunt you down. Um, also, follow Lane Grant Holy Land on Twitter at Lane Grant 33 and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWMAT. Tia, you've got a new Instagram uh, to promote, so give us all your socials. Yes, I do. I am at Tia Johnston underscore on everything my dogs are at buddy and bella underscore instagram wouldn't give me my old store name back so i had to start a new one and it's at philly thrifts there are zero underscores so we shall see how this goes (laughs) i'm just saying what if at some point you don't live in philly anymore i haven't i i didn't think that through (laughs) it's a large possibility so (laughs) Uh, anyway, all right, everybody. Thank you to the 2.75 of you that are still listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks whenever that might happen again.